return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Has a message for us. Pastor Randall, why don't you come? Let's welcome him, all right, as he comes to share here. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Appreciate being a part of this ministry. Amen. 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 I've been on the staff for five years about now and and just learning so much um, through Pastor Dave and Jeannie and then just through the Lord. Amen. He just uh, he prepares us um, to do what he's called us to do. Amen. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to mention again. So fire starters on, on Tuesday will be at the student union, and it's such an important outreach. Uh, we're going to be have a table set up in the student union from 10 to 12, and we're going to uh, have some signs out there just if anybody needs prayer yep. or if anybody needs somebody to talk to. Yep. And, you know, everybody needs somebody to talk to. Yep. Amen. And so we're just going to uh, really just be a blessing, um, you know. We're not forcing religion. We're, we want people to have a relationship with Jesus. Amen? Amen, right. Amen. and that's what our, our goal is. So 10 to 12 <clears throat> on Tuesday. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you can, stand up with me today. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Did you bring your Bible or your phone? You know, Jesus lived 2,000 years ago, but technology-wise, he's not back then, is he? He's today. We can continue... Uh, I love how technology makes it easier for us to dig into the Word of God Amen. and to reach people for Him. So, raise it up, say it with me, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'm about to receive... The incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, this morning, um, I just want to talk about, so I titled my message, Walk Through Open Doors. Walk Through the Open Doors. Uh, I don't know if, um, you know, if, if uh, you've seen, there's, uh, I can't remember the movie name right now, but um, where, uh, I think it's, I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher it here, but there's a, there's a chicken who just will walk into anything, and it just, and it doesn't matter if it's a concrete wall or if it's something, he just continues to walk into it, and he doesn't recognize that, uh, that it's not, he's not going anywhere. Amen. And, you know, I think sometimes spiritually and in our life, we can do that where we can see we think there's an opportunity 
and we walk into that opportunity and, and it, there's, nothing, there's no fruit from it. And so we say, what should we do? Let's walk into it again. There's no fruit from it. And we continue to do that sometimes. And so I just want to talk about the, the doors that God has already opened to you. Amen. Uh, our life is full of doors. Okay, I've, I've said it before. Um, in life, we have different paths that we can go down. But when we look back, we only see the one path that we did go down. Amen. And so life is full of doors that we can choose to walk through or we can choose not to walk through. Um, some doors are good, amen, to walk through and some doors aren't. Some doors are open to us and some doors are shut. And uh, in life, we have to know which doors to walk through, amen, because life is full of choices, full of decisions, full of opportunities, good and bad. And we want to be able to hear the voice of the Lord to walk through the doors that he has for us. Amen. And we need to know which ones we can walk through yeah. and which ones to stay away from. Amen? Yeah. So first I want to look at Abraham and Sarah. So let's go to Genesis 12:1, And the Bible said, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. So God was giving Abraham a door, an opportunity. He said, I want you to leave your father's house and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. And it says, I will bless, in verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in all these families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, aren't you glad we live in a New Testament where God isn't cursing anybody? Amen. Amen. But he's going to bless those who bless us. Amen. Amen. Even more blessing. And in, all, and in your, and you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God had this door for Abraham, Abram to go through. Yeah. And, you know, we don't think about it, but, you know, these, these stories in the Bible are real. They're true. They're yeah. things that actually happened. Amen. And so Abram could have said, no, yeah. I'm comfortable where I'm at. I love my family business, whatever he was doing. Um, he could have said, I'm already 75 years old. Uh, how can I be a father of many nations if I can't even have a kid? Right? Um, he could have made all these excuses to say, no, I don't want to go through that door. I want to stay where I'm at. <clears throat> right? Um, but God had an open door for him. And so Abram, to his credit, went through the door, didn't he? He went and he trusted the Lord. He, there's this, he didn't even know the name of the land. There's this land that I'm going to show you. He didn't know the name of the land. He didn't know exactly where he was going to end up. But he put his trust in Jesus. And for some of us, you know, especially, you know, those who are in high school and, and college, you might not see right now what you think is an open door. You might think that um, your dream or the, the vision that God has given you is so far out there that we're not sure how that's going to work. The Bible says with man, things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. Amen. All things are possible. And so through this message, I just want to encourage you, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, no matter if you think that you missed an opportunity in the past, uh, seek the Lord about what he wants you to do, because that door might still be open to you. Amen. Just because you might have missed an opportunity doesn't mean the door was shut. Amen. We're going to look at a verse, but it says the Bible says that any door that God opens, no man can shut. Amen. And so uh, Abram walks through this door. And in Genesis 16, 1, 
We're going to skip ahead. It says, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne no children. All right, so to Abram and, and Sarai, it looks like the door is closed, doesn't it? It looks like this isn't going to happen. And so Sarai said she had an Egyptian maidservant who was named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. And do we have verse 3 and 4 there? Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. And so... They didn't see anything happening with the promise that God had given. And so they decided to take a sledgehammer, and they see this door, like, we're just going to knock down this door. <clears throat> we're not going to walk through the open door, we're going we're gonna to try a different door. And the door, you know, looked the same, had the same paint color, right? Had the same door handle, but it wasn't the same door. It wasn't the door that God had for him. It wasn't the opportunity that God had for him. Amen. There might be two situations and opportunities that look similar or the same, um, but they're not. There's one that God has ordained, and there's maybe one that isn't. Even in life, in life we have choices that one they, they both look like great choices. You know, it's easy to make a choice if one looks really good and one looks really bad. But in, those, in life, we have a lot of choices that we don't know which way it could go. It could either be good or it could be bad, Right? And so that's why it's important to continue to seek God. God, I know I'm on this path. I don't see anything happening. Is this really where you want me? Did I really walk through the right door? Right? And so they thought this door was closed. They thought, well, um, it's been uh, longer now. I'm older than 75. Um, my wife's uh, not able to bear children. So we're going to try to make our own way. And so what happened is, again, he... he looked at this door, and it was closed in his mind, and so he went another way. But I love God, because despite Abraham's failure, despite him trying to go through another door, despite him uh, disobeying basically what God had had showed him, right, right, and going the other way, God kept the door open. And that's why I say, no matter what mistakes we make in life, we can always go back. Amen. Or we can, can't go back. We can always go back to the door that God has for us. Yes. Amen. Yes. One thing I love about, there's a scripture that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Amen. Amen. And, and I love that because if you have point A and point B, you know, as we draw near to God, it's like he's, he's, uh, he's making the time it takes to get close to him that much shorter because he's drawing near to us. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so it's not just us walking to God and he's standing there waiting for us. No, he's, he's drawing near to us. Amen. Amen. It's like the, the story of the prodigal son where the son comes back and the father runs out to meet him. Amen. He's, just run, he's just waiting to run out to meet you. Yep. Amen? There you go. Let's go to Revelation 3, 7. And it says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true. He who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have, den- have not denied my name. So we see in verse 7 that he who opens the door, no one can shut. 
and he who shuts a door, no one can open. There might be some doors in your life that we're pursuing that are shut. That's okay. Amen? That's okay. If we run into a shut door, that's okay. Okay? There's, there's so many things that we can do, you know, just thinking, just thinking ministry-wise, there's so many things that we know we can do for the gospel and that we can do for the Lord. But I tell you what, sometimes maybe there's a season where that's not where we're supposed to be. Our heart might be in it. Our heart might be right towards God. But he doesn't want us doing that. He wants us doing something else, right? So as long as we pursue God and as we, we seek the Lord, as we communicate with him and through his word, amen, and through prayer, um, he's going to show us where to go. I'm going to tell this story. I've, I've told it a lot. And, uh, and so, but um, I rebuke any familiarity in Jesus' name. Um, but in 2018, uh, Angela and I bought a house. And, and before that, you know, so uh, it was, Ryan was here already, but um, when we got married, we lived in a, in a trailer, a two-bedroom trailer with uh, six of us. Six of us in a two-bedroom trailer. Huh? Oh. And, uh, and so we, um, you know, so we, we knew what it was like to live very close together in, in the United States. And, and so then we've, we moved into a trailer that we actually owned. And we were like, wow, this, praise the Lord, this is great. And, uh, and so we lived there for a couple of years. And then the Lord started stirring to me to find a house for our, our growing family. Ryan was born. And, uh, and so we were just praying about uh, a house. And, you know, buying a house is a big decision. It's a big purchase, isn't it? Um, it's not just something that you can say, oh, well, I screwed up. And it's easy to release or it's easy to to get rid of and find something else. No, it, it's a big decision. And so, but before we bought our house, we had been looking for a couple of years. So we bought our, we bought our trailer. We've been looking for a couple of years for a house. And um, we knew God had a house for us. We knew he'd open the door that we wouldn't have to dismantle. The door. I wouldn't have to get my tool set out and unscrew the doorknob to get it open. We knew that God had something for us. Amen. Amen. And we had a list of, the de- of desires for our house. You know, we just... There were things that we wanted, and we thought, well, we might as well ask for the things that we want in a house. Amen. God gives us the desires of our heart. Amen. And we know that it's his desire for us to have this. And, uh, and so we wanted it to be affordable. Isn't that good? Affordable is a good word. We didn't want to just be able to afford the payments. We wanted to be able to afford the house. Right? Um, we wanted to enjoy like the exterior siding and the interior how it was and uh and that it looked decent nice amen and uh we wanted a place that was move-in ready that we could uh you know we have uh uh, we have four kids and so six of us in the house we wanted a place that uh we'd be able to just move into and get settled in before we started making any improvements and now that was the last thing we wanted a house that we could be moving ready, but also make improvements to this house. And, um, and so we started looking, and, and along, for a long time, for two years, maybe a year and a half, we were looking for houses, and they would match maybe one or two of the things that we really wanted in this house. And, uh, it, you know, it would be, it'd be nice looking, the interior would be great, but it would be way out of our price range. And so Angela and I would think, well, you know, we can each get two jobs, raise four kids, and we can make the payments. Perfect. 
perfect, right? Um, you know, we got to a point where we just we wanted to we wanted a house so bad that was we just wanted a house so bad, and uh, so it was either that or it was affordable, um, but the siding was coming off. Uh, the inside need inside needed too much work. We'd have to, you know, the rats would have to go live somewhere else. Uh, you know, just some of the houses we looked at were, you know, old college houses, which nothing against college students, but sometimes college students, I, I can vouch for this because those me aren't as clean maybe as some of other adults. I'm just going to leave it there. And so... We, but we were, we were pushing so hard for this house. And um, we tried to open, you know, these doors to this house with anything that we could find. Um, you know, if it, was, if it was like that, you know, you know how we Christians, we say, um, well, uh, you know, I just, I've got to be happy where I'm at. Like, the Lord wants me to be joyful. I'm just going to, I'm going to live with it. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm going to make the best out of this situation. Don't be picky, right? Don't be picky, Randon. Right? Don't be picky in the house that, that you want because just be thankful that you have a house. Just be thankful, you know, and so you start saying all these things that sound really good, right? But what was the problem? It wasn't what God had for us. Amen? It wasn't what God had for us. And so we tried to open these doors. Anytime it was too expensive, like I said, we said we could work four jo- or two jobs, raise four kids for a couple of years. If it was in poor condition, we'd lie to ourselves, say, that we're buying it by faith. <laughs> Amen. This should be fine. Don't be picky. And so whenever we saw a house for sale in our price range, and, I, you know, I, and I'm telling this because for me this was such a profound experience um, that, that the Lord showed me so much through. But whenever we saw a house in our price range, we'd, we'd try to see it before anybody else. We'd hear about it. Like, well, can you meet in 30 minutes to go, get, to go look at it? Can you meet, you know, well, I'll take off work or, uh, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll drop the kids off somewhere or whatever it was. Um, we try to see it right away. We don't, we don't want to, quote-unquote, miss the opportunity. Amen. You know, if you're following uh, the Lord, you're not going to miss opportunities. Amen. If you're, if you're just following Jesus, you're not going to miss opportunities. And a lot of times it was inconvenient. Like I said, we had to take off work, look at it at odd hours, odd hours. Yeah, does 8.30 p.m. work for you? Oh, yeah, perfect. We'll be there. <laughs> We try to look at it in the morning, make the offer in the afternoon, um, but we had no peace. Yeah. We had no peace, and despite what we thought, we had no faith. We didn't have faith that God was going to provide something for us. We were trying to make our own way. We were trying to do what we could in our our own strength uh, to purchase a house. We were trying to open a closed door. Amen. But one day when we were looking at an affordable house, but one that didn't meet the rest of our criteria, the Lord just said to me, he said, don't settle for Ishmael while I'm preparing Isaac. And I thought, ooh. I mean, that really, that really, really spoke to me. Don't settle for Ishmael when I'm preparing you, Isaac. Amen. And, and so I told Angeline what he said, and I remember we got that word, and we, we followed the word, and everything changed. Seriously, everything changed. It was early 2018. We got that word. And I said to myself, I said, I'm not going to look at houses when it's inconvenient for me anymore. Uh, I'm not going to make excuses for houses that, I, that you know, aren't what we want. Um, we're just going to trust the Lord. And so we, tried to, we, we stopped trying to force it. 
And, uh, you know, sometimes we try to control our situation so much that God can't move in our life. And that's what we were doing. We weren't letting God move. And so I just want to give you a timeline. Okay, so that happened in early 18. We bought our, we, we, um, we first looked at our house on April 10th, 2018. And I remember that day. It was a Tuesday during a pastor's conference. We had a break in the afternoon is when we had conferences through Tuesday. And, uh, and we heard this house was available. And Janine Cogarty was, was there helping us with uh, finding a house. And I remember there was one, quick rabbit trail, there was one time where um, we were actually going to put an offer on an expensive house. And I remember I went in, into the office there, and I was just like shaking. I had no peace, no joy, nothing. And I was, I was about to sign this, and I just said, I can't. I can't sign it. I just don't have any peace about it. So anyways, Tuesday, April 10th, 2018, we heard this house was available. And uh, we said, well, we're free this afternoon because we we didn't have any, we had a break, no other commitments, Uh, the kids were in school, we're like, so it works for us, we can see it. She was available as well, so we didn't have to change our schedule, it just worked out we were available. Two days later, Thursday, April 12th, we met with our mortgage lender to discuss our options. Initially, my flesh wanted to say, well, can we meet, like, Tuesday night? Um, but, again, the Lord was just kept reminding me, no, just, if you do your due diligence, I'm going to show up in your life. Amen. And so, we met with our mortgage lender. Um, like I said, we wanted to meet sooner, but it didn't fit our schedule. Uh, and the Lord told us through this whole process that, again, as long as we did our due diligence, I'm getting ahead of myself in my notes, um, but don't try to rush things, um, we were going to get this house. So don't, don't try to get ahead of me. Um, just do what, uh, your due diligence and, and you're going you're gonna to get this house. And so we were confident we were going to get it, but we weren't going to be disappointed. Um, prepare for the best. Or, uh, yeah, prepare, prepare for the best. Uh, expect the worst, kind of. Okay? So I think that's the way you say it. Um, you know, we, we, were, we were preparing uh, for the Lord to bless us with this house, but if it didn't happen, we weren't going to be disappointed. We just, we just had this peace. It was really amazing, just this peace. And so, um, Friday, April, April 13th, so the next day, we put an offer in on the house, and it was accepted, like, right away. Like, hours later, they accepted our offer on this house. And it was contingent on our sell, us selling our house, um, our, the trailer that we had. So, that happened on, was that Friday? I wrote it all down because it was really cool. Friday, April 13th. Monday, April 16th, we put our own trailer on the market. We, we had a trailer. We owned it. Um, we, that weekend, we did some things to fix it up. And uh, we put it on the market. Wednesday, April 18th, two days later, we had the house inspection at the one that we wanted. Okay? Thursday, April 19th, one day later, so this is three days after we put it on the, on the market, we received an offer on the trailer. And we didn't like the offer. And, you know, again, your flesh says, no, if somebody has an offer, just take it right away. But the Lord was saying, no, you should do a, you should do a counteroffer. And so we did. Um, they wanted a certain amount for it. We said, we think it's worth more than that. So this is what we're counteroffering to you. And again, right away, they accepted the offer. It's like, praise the Lord. You know, you pe- you people might say, like, oh, you should have just taken the offer because you're trying to, you know, you got to sell your house to get this other one. Again, following the Lord, things work out. Amen? So we received an offer, made a counteroffer, they accepted it. They wanted to move in right away, like within a month. 
um, they didn't want an inspection. Nothing was wrong with the house, but still, inspections can be kind of nerve-wracking. And they wanted to pay in cash. It was really unbelievable. They wanted to pay in cash. They didn't want to inspect it. They just wanted to move in. <clears throat> Later, I found out that the, the realtor that was working with the family that, of the house we were moving into was the same realtor working with the guy that was moving into our place. So as far as move-in dates and all that, we didn't have to worry about any of that. He, he talked with the two, uh, the two homeowners, and he worked all that out for us. And it was, yeah, pretty cool. Well, then, so we, get, we do the appraisal, and, uh, and we get it back faster even than our mortgage lender had ever seen. And I think it was like a week and a half. We did a, got an appraisal, and it came back like a week and a, a week and a half. Now, in this case, oh, and then Wednesday, May 9th, so less than a month later, we moved into our new house. Less than a month later, we moved into our new house. In this case, everything happened really quickly, but really what I want you to understand is that um, once we started to follow peace, once we started to walk through the doors that he had opened to us already, um, things started falling into place. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. We thought we had a good understanding of what, uh, of what we wanted, of how it was going to work, of how the whole process was going to happen. We might, in our life, we might think we have a good understanding of where we're going, of what's happening, but he has a better understanding. I mean, he has a better understanding. When we lean on his understanding, that's when peace comes to your situation. That's when joy comes to your situation. The Bible says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. The Bible says cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Amen? These are scriptures that we can take in our everyday life. You know, we, at this church, we really, you know, the focal point, Pastor Dave said it for years, is that we want to teach people to win in life. Amen? We want to teach people what's going to help in our daily life. Amen? And so as we, as we follow Jesus, he's just going to, he's going to help. He's going to uh, take, take our situation, our mess, and make it into a message. Amen? He's going to take our test and make it into a testimony. Amen? Hallelujah. When we lean on understanding, that's when peace comes to your situation and to your decisions. So... For us, we had to be diligent, didn't we? We had to be diligent to take the steps. I mean, we weren't just going to sit there and, you know, things weren't just going to happen around us. We had to do things to, to take steps. Um, and the Bible says without fa- um, faith without works is dead, right? So you can have all the faith, but if we don't have any works, um, then it doesn't really profit us anything. Um, and I didn't expect God to push us through the door. He, didn't, he doesn't line us up to a door and say, here you go. You know, push us through the door. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Amen. But we had to do it. We had to walk through the door. We had to take the steps. Amen. We had to take the steps. There might be something in your life. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's a, a major or a job that um, you have currently, and there's another job opening that you maybe really want. Um, if you really believe it's the Lord, you have to take the steps to do it. Amen. Trust in Him. Uh, we, when I was in cross country, we had a saying, do your best and let God do the rest. Amen. Do your best, let God do the rest. 
Let God help us. Amen. He wants, he wants to help us. He wants to help you in your life. We had to take the step, but we did lean on his understanding. <laughs> after a while, after a year and a half, we leaned on his understanding of our life. We see, you know, we really, we see life from a micro perspective. If anybody's taken microeconomics or macroeconomics, you understand microeconomics is a section of the economic sector, right? Micro, you look at maybe a business, you look at one lane. Macroeconomics, you look at the whole economic system, supply and demand, everything, right, from a high-level standpoint. So we might be seeing something in a micro level, and God sees it, though, from a macro level. Amen. Amen. He sees the whole picture, right? He sees everything. When we rely on him, again, that's when peace comes. So let's go to Isaiah 55, 6. And the Bible says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now I just want to, real quick, you know, this verse is used a lot when, when things happen, bad things happen, good things happen. When anything happens, people will use that and say, well, so-and-so died of this disease. Um, but God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher. That's not what the scripture means. It means that he has a good plan for your life. Amen. Amen. He has something that uh, he, the Bible says that whatever he starts in you, a work that he starts in you, he's faithful to complete it. So God brings good things. So don't, don't just look at everything and say, well, his ways are higher than my ways. Has, there has to be something in this. Don't look at it that way. Because we're going to read it in context here. It says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it, for, make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So he's talking about good things here, right? He's talking about, he's saying, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Okay? There might be a situation in your life that you don't know how it's going to work itself out, but I've already been to your future. Amen? I've already been there. Don't worry about your future because I've already been there. Verse 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. Verse 12, For you shall go out with joy. Let's say, let's say this together. One, two, three. And be led out with peace. You shall go out with joy and be led out. Now, who leads you? The Lord, right? You're going to go out with joy. So remember, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And it says that in his way for you, when we, when we trust in his way... It says, then we're going to go out with joy. Then we're going to be led out with peace. We're allowing him to lead us. Amen? I love this. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Amen. You know, I see that I just, the imagery I just see, um, you know, when we do pass from this life to the next, uh, being able to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Like, 
He's, he's welcoming you into his kingdom, into eternity. Amen. I see that when we, when we follow his direction and we're going out with joy and be led out with peace, he's so happy and he's so excited that even creation breaks forth into singing for you. <laughs> even creation claps their hands for you. Amen. Instead of the thorn, again, so let's look at it in context. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Instead of the thorn shall come up a cypress tree, something that's fruitful. Instead of a briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. I read that. I mean, because we, you know, there's certain verses in there that we see, we pick out, you know, that his word doesn't return void. We pick out his ways are higher than our ways. But when you read that whole section, it's just, it just gave me goosebumps when I read it because it's so true. When we trust in him, yeah. we're going to have joy. Amen. When we follow him, we're going to have peace. Amen? Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. So we don't always know why maybe this worked out for, for us in our life and why this didn't work out for us in our life. But in all things, we want to keep our eyes on Jesus, knowing that he's good. Amen. Knowing that for your life, he wants you to have joy. Knowing for your life, he wants you to have peace. Hallelujah. Pastor Dave always says, Jesus didn't cause the storm, he calmed the storm. Amen. God's not causing the storm in your life so that he can show up. He's not causing storms in your life. He's not giving you anxiety so he can give you peace. Amen. He can't give what he doesn't have. He's not, right. he's not giving you fear so that you can exercise your faith. Right. We have an enemy. We have an adversary who's the devil. Amen? The Bible says, if a, if a good father knows how to give... give or a, a, yeah, a good father knows how to give good gifts to his son, yeah. how much more does our Heavenly Father give good oh, gifts right. to those who ask? Yeah. Amen? Right. So, whatever he... Uh, asks you to do whatever he's called you to do are there going to be storms in life? of course there is are there going to be hard times? of course there is is everything going to go as easy as, uh, as we think it should? it's not is it? but it's not God amen it's not God causing it he stands with us through the fire but he doesn't put us in the fire <laughs> amen he stands with us through the storm but he doesn't put us in this. He doesn't uh, bring the storm to us, yeah. right? Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. Hallelujah! Open doors. Open doors. Yeah. If we go to Acts 16, you know, and I love, uh, I just love the word. You know, preaching the gospel is so much easier when we have the word. Amen. It takes so much pressure off, doesn't it? It's not my opinions up here. Now, when it says, now when they had gone through um, Phrygia region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. So, now, I don't know if I have time today, maybe I will, but they wanted to go and they wanted to preach the gospel into Galatia, right? Um, Or in Asia, sorry. They wanted to go preach the gospel in Asia. And it says... That the Holy Spirit did not permit them to do it. And you might think, I'm, I'm sure the disciples are thinking, but Lord, you called us to preach your gospel. Like, why is this door shut to us? Why can't we get into Asia? Why, can't, why aren't you allowing us to go into Asia? 
um, th- this is your will, right? To preach the gospel. Right. And, uh, and then in verse 9, the answer comes. It says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood up and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So it wasn't that the Lord was forbidding them to preach the gospel. It's just in that season in their life, in Paul's life, in the missionaries that were with him, there was things that needed to be done in Macedonia. There might be something that you really believe that the Lord is strongly calling you to do. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a job, maybe it's ministry, whatever it is. Um, and you think, you just have this, you have this strong feeling that this is what God wants me to do. Is it where he wants you to do it? I'm going to say that again. You, may, you might have this strong desire to do what God, what God wants you to do, but is it where God wants you to do it? If you're kicking against the door that's locked, or that's not open to you, look other places. Amen? When I was, uh, you know, when I was in 2008 is when I felt the call to pastor. And uh, my dad pastored, he was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor, still does ministry work, still leads services and Bible studies. And he's 84, I think now, 83. And, uh, and so, I, you know, I, I've always told people that I should write a book. I had no desire to be a pastor. I never wanted to be a pastor, my book title. Um, because I didn't. When I was in high school, I did not want to be a pastor. But the Lord called me in 2008, and I remember just being so excited, like, it, like the flip switched. I was so excited to pastor. Yeah. And uh, my dad went to Ramo Bible Training Center. My grandpa did, too. And I thought, well, that's where I'm going to go. And uh, I went and did a college visit, loved it, and some things happened, and I wasn't able to go. And I remember even at that time, the Lord saying to me, be patient. My grandpa didn't, I don't think he got in the ministry until he was in his 40s. Um, he got saved late. Later in life, he, he had a very successful insurance company that he sold that, uh, you know, I mean, we don't come into pastoring for the money. Um, we come because we want to see people saved, amen? We want to, sorry, that was a joke. I thought people would laugh at that. <laughs> um, but I knew it, I knew it was God, what God called me to do. Yeah. And, um, but I remember being disappointed, like right away, disappointed I couldn't go to Raymond Bible Training Center. But little did I know that God had something different. There was just something different. He still called me to pastor. If I would have said, oh, I can't get in here, so I'm just going to give up. I guess he doesn't want me to be a pastor because I can't go to Ramah. Um, that would have been the wrong attitude, right? Maybe God's called you to be, um, um, I don't know, a scientist. Maybe God's called you to be a businessman. Amen. We don't need to be in fivefold ministry to do what God's called us to do, amen? That's right. So I want to say, just don't be disappointed. If, if you feel like you're, you, you really want something really badly and it's not happening, don't be disappointed. Because what God has started in you, he's faithful to complete that work, amen? amen. So it was God's will they preached the gospel, but not in Asia. So we don't want to rush decisions, Amen. We don't want to rush decisions in our, in our life. We want to ask the Lord. Yeah. Let him open the door for you. Yeah. Don't take a sledgehammer to a door that's not open. That's how you get hurt. I believe there are three questions to ask. I'm going to, I'm going to close with this. I believe there's three questions you want to ask yourself in order to know if God has opened a door to you. And I, 
Ask these in order. One, does it contradict God's word? Is there a decision set before you um, that contradicts God's word? Because the word of God is the will of God for your life. Amen? So if it contradicts his word, don't open the door. Leave the door. Go to Psalm 40, verse 8. It says, I delight to do your will, O God, and your law is within my heart. His law just means his word, amen? His word is within our heart, and his word is his will. The second thing that we want to look at is, will my decision have the opportunity to bring glory to God? Amen? Isaiah 43, 7 says, Everyone who is, in, who is called by my name, uh, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. So, we've been called by his name. We're created for his glory. Everything we do, we want to bring glory to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Yep. Whatever you do in life, make sure it's for the glory of God. Maybe he's made you a very talented musician. Do it for God's glory. Amen? Amen. Maybe he's made you a very talented chef. Do it for God's glory. Amen? Amen. And then the third thing, is after I seek the Lord, after I, I know it doesn't contradict God's word, after I know that it could bring glory to Him, if I, because sometimes decisions are just, you know, there's no, they're amoral, you know, it could go either way. It depends on how we want to do it, right? How we want to, um, how we want to do it. But after seeking the Lord, after knowing that it doesn't contradict God's word, after knowing that it can bring glory to God, does it bring me peace? And that, this is the, this is a really important part of making a, a decision in our life. Amen. Opening or going through a door. Does it bring me peace? Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So if you request uh, discernment and understanding, He's going to give you discernment and understanding. Amen. And it says that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So if it doesn't line up with His Word, don't open that door. If it doesn't bring Him glory, don't open the door. And if it doesn't have peace with it, don't open the door. Remember in Revelation 3.7, it says that God has set before us an open door. A lot of doors in our life, we don't even have to open. They're already open for us. God's already opened it. Right? He's already opened it. It doesn't say we should be opening the doors ourselves to see what's behind it. What's behind door number one? No, there's a door set before us that's already open that no man can shut. We want to allow God to bring you to the door that he's already opened to you. Amen. I think this is something, you know, I always, uh, you know, whenever I I have a message, I always think, um, you know, is this equipping the saints for the work of the ministry? And um, I really think, it's very, just so practical. Yep. You know, everything, the, the Bible is practical. Yep. Amen. Mm-hmm. Pastor David always say, don't want to be so earth, heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Yeah. You know, we want to we make sure that, you know, signs and wonders are great. And the Bible says that signs and wonders will follow us as believers. Amen. But in just the everyday, you know, uh, there's, in, in Matthew, what is there, 20 some chapters in Matthew? That covers three and a half years of Jesus' ministry. Okay, um, so what were the what were the disciples doing? What was Jesus doing in the in the in the times that aren't in the Bible? 
in the, in the times of miracles and signs and wonders. Praying, they were, they were just living, right? They were living, they were eating, they were breathing, they were, you know. That's who we are. We don't want to look, you know, there's some amazing men and women in the Bible. But I tell you what, there's some amazing men and women here too. We don't want to put anybody on a pedestal. We don't want to say, wow, man, their, their life was all, you know, uh, Paul's life was all just miracles. And No, he, he lived many years uh, just going through the routine of life. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you're so good. Lord, we thank you that you provide us opportunities, Lord, that you help us um, just in our life, everyday life, Lord, that we're, we're just, we're human beings, Lord, that we need you every single day, and that you show up for us every single day. We're so thankful. We're so thankful, Jesus. So, Lord, I just pray for the congregation here today, Lord, that even right now, if there's a decision that they are struggling to make, Lord. I thank you that your peace would come upon that decision. Yes, Lord. But I thank you that your favor would come into a situation, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. That you, your word doesn't return void. So, Lord, if you told somebody to go and you've told them to, to do this in their life, Lord, whatever it is, that you're faithful to complete that. Your word doesn't return void, Lord. Amen. So I thank you even now that you're stirring things up in us. Stirring things up. Maybe that's laid dormant for a long time but stirring it up for the work of the ministry, for, for being a kingdom person for you, Jesus. And so, Lord, I just thank you, and I just pray a blessing on everybody here, that you're working in their life, that you have good plans for them. Hallelujah. That you don't have a bad day planned. And I just thank you that even as they go, they're taking you with them. Lord, they're taking you with them into their schools. They're taking you with them into their jobs, Lord to their co-workers, to their friends, Father. And we give you all the praise and glory. We're so yes. thankful for who you are to us, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glad you're here. Pray that you have a great rest of your day. Amen. And uh, walk through some open doors. Don't bang your head against the closed ones. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.